by his disciples. He is like a parent. Without the attentive service of his parents, a child cannot grow to manhood. Similarly, without the care of the spiritual master, one cannot rise to the platform of transcendental service. The spiritual master is also called Acharya, or a transcendental professor of spiritual science. The Manu Sanghita explains the duties of an Acharya, describing that a bona fide spiritual master accepts charge of disciples, teaches them the Vedic knowledge with all its intricacies, and gives them their second birth. The ceremony performed to initiate a disciple into the study of spiritual science is called Upaniti, or the function that brings one nearer to the spiritual master. One who cannot be brought nearer to a spiritual master cannot have a sacred thread, and thus he is indicated to be a shudra. The sacred thread on the body of a brahmana, kshatriya or vaishya is a symbol of initiation by the spiritual master. It is worth nothing if one merely to boast of high parentage. The duty of the spiritual master is to initiate a disciple with the sacred thread ceremony, and after this samskar or purificatory process, the spiritual master actually begins to teach the disciple about the Vedas. A person born a Shudra is not barred from such spiritual initiation, provided he is approved by the spiritual master, who is duly authorized to award a disciple the right to be a Brahmana if he finds him perfectly qualified. In the Vayu Purana, an Acharya is defined as one who knows the import of all Vedic literatures, abides by their rules and regulations, and teaches his disciples to act in the same way. Only out of immense compassion does the personality of Godhead reveal himself as the spiritual master. Therefore, in the dealings of Anacharya, there are no activities but those of transcendental loving service to the Lord. He is the supreme personality of, God, of servitor Godhead, it is worthwhile to take shelter of such a steady devotee who is called Ashraya Vigraha, or the manifestation or form of the Lord of whom one must take shelter. If one poses himself as an Acharya, but does not have an attitude of servitorship to the Lord, he must be considered an offender, and this offensive attitude disqualifies him from being an Acharya. The bona fide spiritual master always engages in unalloyed devotional service to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. By this test, he is known to be a direct manifestation of the Lord and a genuine representative of Sri Nityananda Prabhu. Such a spiritual master is known as Acharya Deva. Influenced by an envious temperament and dissatisfied because of an attitude of sense gratification, Mandanas criticize a real Acharya. In fact, however, a bona fide Acharya is non-different from the personality of Godhead, and therefore to envy such an Acharya is to envy the personality of Godhead himself. This will produce an effect subversive of transcendental realization. <clears throat> as mentioned previously, a disciple should always respect the spiritual master as a manifestation of Sri Krishna, but at the same time, 
one should always remember that a spiritual master is never authorized to imitate the transcendental pastimes of the Lord. False spiritual masters pose themselves as identical with Sri Krishna in every respect to exploit the sentiments of their disciples. But such impersonalists can only mislead their disciples, for their ultimate aim is to become one with the Lord. This is against the principles of the devotional cult. The real Vedic philosophy is Achintya Bheda Bheda Tattva, which establishes everything to be simultaneously one with and different from the personality of Godhead. Srila Raghunath Das Goswami confirms that the real position of a bona fide, that this is the real position of a bona fide spiritual master, and says that one should always think of the spiritual master in terms of his intimate relationship with Mukunda, Sri Krishna. Srila Jiva Goswami in his Bhakti Sandharva has clearly explained that a pure devotee's observation of the spiritual master and Lord Shiva as being one with the personality of Godhead exists in terms of their being very dear to the Lord, not identical with him in all respects. Following in the footsteps of Srila Raghunath Das Goswami and Srila Jiva Goswami, later Acharyas like Srila Vishwanath Chakravati Thakur have confirmed the same truths. In his prayers to the spiritual master, Srila Vishwanath Chakravati Thakur confirms that all the re re revealed scriptures accept the spiritual master to be identical with the personality of Godhead because he is a very dear and confidential servant of the Lord. Gauriya Vaishnavas therefore worship Srila Gurudeva, the spiritual master, in the light of his being the servitor of the personality of Godhead. In all the ancient literatures of devotional service and in the more recent songs of Srila Narottam Dash Thakur, Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur, and other unalloyed Vaishnavas, the spiritual master is always considered either one of the confidential associates of Srimati Radharani or a manifested representation of Srila Nityananda Prabhu. As Srila Prabhupada notes in the purport, this uh, verse was spoken by Lord Krishna to Uddhava when Krishna was describing the uh, duties of persons in the Varnashram system to Uddhava. In the course of describing the duties of the Brahmachari, Lord Krishna spoke this verse. In this verse, Lord Krishna uses two words, Acharya and Guru. Uh, these two words are often used interchangeably. They have different etymological meanings, but the purport of both of the terms is the same. Although uh, there is, by, by analyzing these words, we can understand what are the functions of Guru and Acharya. The uh, common meaning, or one of the meanings of Guru is heavy. Uh, can everyone hear? Is the sound? Hare Krishna. What about in Tamil? I was thinking that sounded very quiet. Maybe you have to speak a little louder into the mic or something. A guru means heavy. Uh, this is not any material or gross heaviness. Uh, Prabhupada explained that heavy here means heavy with knowledge. It means with possessed of spiritual substance as compared to persons who are laghu, who are light, who have no spiritual substance. So materialistic persons who are devoid of spiritual knowledge, they are superficial in everything they do. In English, it's said, sometimes you refer to people as shallow. Shallow means just like a river, which is this deep, not very, not deep. Shallow is the opposite to deep. So one who has got spiritual knowledge is expected to be deep, not engaged in, in uh, superficial activities not concerned with uh, trying to enjoy this material world. Activities that are meant for personal enjoyment through the mind, body and senses are all superfluous to the activity of the soul, which is to serve Krishna. One who is possessed 
of the spiritual substance of knowledge of devotional service to Krishna can never act like a foolish materialistic person on the superficial platform. He's grave, heavy. Heavy means also achal, nischal, cannot be moved very easily. Not movable. <laughs> One who, has, who is light can easily be moved. So those who have no substance of spiritual knowledge, who are light and superficial, they are blown around by the pushings of the senses. But one who is fixed in knowledge, sthita pragya, he is not moved, he is fixed in service to Krishna. So in that sense, uh, every Vaishnav is guru. Whoever has knowledge of Krishna is heavy with, with knowledge. Sometimes it's, uh, not somewhere, but it's uh, one who is... Uh, who has got very highly developed transcendental vision, sees everything and everyone as guru. We find, uh, also this comes in the 11th canto of Bhagavatam, the uh, description of the Avadhut, who found everything and everywhere, everything was his guru. The wind, the mountain, the hawk, the young girl, making, preparing the food, everything he saw as guru. Because he sees Krishna everywhere and Krishna in everything. So in everything he sees instruction related to Krishna. Just like for instance he told how the young girl, some uh, she's at home, the parents are there, and the suitor's party comes. Suitor means those who are interested in having her married. The, the, the possible husband's family comes. So uh, she wants to pre prepare some food for them. And there's no one in the home except her, so she goes to do it herself. There are so many bangles on her arms, but she's thinking that uh, if, if they hear all these bangles shaking while I'm preparing the food, they'll understand that I have to do it myself, that we don't have any servants, and it won't look very good. So she broke all the bangles. So the Avadhut, he, he uh, experienced this, or he saw this, or heard of this, and he saw, this is my guru. Uh, how guru? Is it totally, uh, everything here is uh, mundane consideration. But he sees in that a lesson, that it's just like when people come together, they make so much noise, and they talk, and they... So he saw that, in this, he saw the lesson, better to live alone. Actually, she just kept one bangle on each arm, so that, that won't shake and make any noise. So he saw in this the lesson, that one should remain alone for the sake of spiritual realization. Can everyone hear okay now? Of course, when devotees come together, the noise they make is that of kirtan, so that's very favorable for spiritual realization. But the point is that he was able to see the connections pick up some connection with Krishna consciousness in everything. So in this way he saw everything as Guru. Everything is possessed of the substance of Krishna. Nothing is different from Krishna. So by the principle of Achintya Bheda Tattva, he saw Krishna in everything, Krishna everywhere, and everything as Guru. But uh, more specifically we see Krishna present in the Vaishnavas. Because the Vaishnavas only speak of Krishna. They only act for Krishna. Their lives are fully uh, dedicated to Krishna. By seeing the Vaishnav even, we can remember Krishna. Because the Vaishnav has a certain appearance which declares him to be Vaishnav. Specifically, Tilak Tulsimala. Gaura Bhakta Priya Vesha Dadhamana Tilak Tulasimala Shobhamana. The devotees are dressed in the apparel that is dear to the devotees of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and are very beautifully decorated with Tilak and Tulsimala. So, specifically, all devotees are gurus, but one who takes up the function of teaching, training others, 
how to come to the platform of being a Vaishnava is known as an Acharya. The term Acharya in conventional use often also means the head of an institution, the head of a mat, something like this. And is often uh, used for a professor of Sanskrit because traditionally the, the, the beginning of education is Sanskrit. That is the means to enter into the knowledge of the Shastra which is composed in Sanskrit. It is a means, not an end. But uh, misunderstanding this, uh, nowadays the professor of Sanskrit is generally called Acharya, as if teaching Sanskrit is in and of itself the function of an Acharya, which it isn't. But uh, Prabhupada has quoted here this uh, from Vayu Purana that the meaning of Acharya, this, this word is connected with uh, achar behavior. So, uh, so acharya means achinoti um, ashastratam, one who acts according to the principles of scripture. So every Vaishnava or every human being should act according to the principles of scripture. So Achinoti Yashastra means that uh, he demonstrates the, the purport of the scriptures by his very life. And Achare Stapyatyapi he uh, establishes the principles of Shastra, of, of that behavior which is given in the Shastra. How does he do so? Swayam Acharate Yasmad, by his own behavior. And therefore, Acharyas Tena Kirtitaha. Therefore, he is known as Acharya. So, Acharya means uh, one who takes up the duty of teaching others how to not be light and to become, how to become heavy. And uh, he does this by his personal behavior, by his uh, personal conviction to follow this and that others should also follow this. One who has actually got the knowledge of Krishna consciousness must want to share it with others because this uh, this term Acharya, this is commonly used word in Vedic culture. There, there is another term, Shikshak or teacher or Adhyapak or one, one who teaches others to read but that is not the same as Acharya. Shikshak is not a common word. Adhyapak is a common word. One who... Uh, one who... Adhyapak gives the sense of... That's, that's translated into modern Indian languages as professor. Or rather it's the term used for the English word professor. But Adhyapak, that gives the sense of one who causes others to study or to read. It does not uh, convey the full sense of the term Acharya. Acharya is not simply a teacher. In the modern age, education is all by, uh, by fees. The, the teachers are paid. So, uh, teaching is not connected to character or behavior. A, a person is accepted as a teacher if he has book knowledge of a subject and is able to communicate that to others. But book knowledge in and of itself is, it does not have gurutva, it does not have heaviness. Uh, we see that there are many people who have knowledge, superficial of knowledge, knowledge of Shastra, but because their knowledge is on, it's superficial, therefore is laghu. They themselves by their very character and life are seen to be laghu or lacking substance. So simply to teach in a formal manner does not qualify one as an Acharya. As Prabhupada often pointed out, the, uh, the real purpose of education, the, the very basis of education and its ultimate purpose is character training. Vidyada dati vinayam. Knowledge is supposed to the, the result of knowledge is that one is supposed to become humble. Often it's seen that those who are learned, they become very proud. As Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, Kulin, Pandit, Dhani, 
Bora Abhiman, persons who are from aristocratic families, who are very learned and who are wealthy, these people tend to be very puffed up. One who has a lot of money or a lot of prestige or a lot of learning, they think that I, they, they consider this substance, that now I have become heavy, now I am big. But in doing so, they simply display their big foolishness and prepare themselves for a big fall into the ocean of material existence. They can become big life after life. Big elephant, big cockroach. Among the cockroaches, some are bigger and some are smaller. The big ones are puffed up. I'm a big cockroach. So if as a result of acquiring book knowledge, one becomes very learned, he can recite so many verses or has a PhD, MSc, all this kind of thing. One becomes puffed up, thinking I'm very big. He, he, by doing so, he simply demonstrates his smallness or his lightness. As such a person, uh, by acquiring knowledge, they become more ignorant. Jara vidya jato maya bhaiba tomar bhajane badha moha janameya anitta shangshare jivke kare gadha. Gadha. That Bhaktinoda Thakur says that materialistic so-called knowledge is just a uh, an opulence of Maya. It is an illusory opulence. It's like uh, it's something like having plastic bangles instead of gold bangles. It may look good, but it's not of the same quality. Uh, and it is an obstacle to worshipping Krishna. It causes more illusion. And in this uh, material world where everything is temporary, it awards one the position of an ass. Because just as an ash, ass very foolishly carries big weights that are of no benefit to it whatsoever, but is very puffed up, so in the same way, one who carries in his m mind so much superfluous information uh, becomes proud of that and makes a big noise like a big ass. So gyan, there are different words are there, gyan, vidya, but real gyan is uh, to distinguish, actually gyan means to know Krishna, but to distinguish that real knowledge from that which is uh, by people without knowledge who consider that which is not knowledge to be knowledge, to distinguish from that kind of illusory knowledge, the term is used tattvagyan, knowledge of reality. So uh, one who has got tattvagyan or knowledge of reality cannot act like a fool. It is not uncommon in the universities, at least in the Western world, to find that the professors uh, in their practical life profess the most degraded kind of behavior. Just like one of our devotees here told me he was going to go to university and he was going to study there about, the, the professors there are teaching about how better human behavior and all this. Something like that, social studies or something like that. So I asked him, are the professors having sex with the students? So yes, then what are they going to teach about better human behavior? So Anacharya doesn't simply talk high platitudes. There are many people in this world who talk of love and peace and compassion and all these different things. But in their practical life it's seen that these are terms which they adopt to further their own selfish sense gratification. So, one who is fit to be an Acharya has Tattva Gyan and is Tattva Darshi. He sees the reality, not just, not just teaches it as book knowledge, but lives in that knowledge and therefore his behavior perfectly reflects that knowledge. Uh, uh, 
Yeah, therefore an acharya is competent to instruct others. His behavior is, uh, his, he has knowledge of reality and his behavior is consistent with that reality. Therefore he is competent to act as guru. Guru, that definition is given heavy. Uh, but another, the, the definition of guru is heavy, that is general definition. But a more uh, precise definition or the, or the definition of guru as competent acharya is one, means one who is competent to give vision of reality. Ajnanati mirandhasya jnananjana shalakaya chakshur militam yena tasmai shri gurave namaha. Guru is uh, offered respectful obeisances to because he removes the cataracts of ignorance. Where there is knowledge, ignorance cannot exist. So Guru uh, gives knowledge and helps, in this way, helps one to see. Now, the question may be, well, then what's the difference between a, a teacher and a, and a guru? You may say that, well, uh, the, the guru doesn't just teach, but he makes the, he makes the disciple to understand. Well, then we may say, well, he's just, then he's just a very good teacher. That's the function of a teacher. Well, then the function of, uh, Guru as doctor also comes into consideration. Gyananjana Shalaka, the uh, giving the ointment of knowledge by the uh, using the Shalaka, a specific uh, medical tool. This is the Achintya feature entering, the inconceivable feature. The guru has to give that knowledge which is from beyond the world of darkness. Guru has to give the knowledge which is from beyond the world of darkness. From beyond the world of darkness. There's a uh, famous history which was recorded in a book. I never read the book, but uh, I know, what, I know what, what it's all about. It's the story of Helen Keller, who was deaf, dumb and blind. And somehow, someone educated her. I don't know how they did it because I didn't read the book. But our position is like that. We are deaf, dumb and blind. We are blind to the spiritual reality of our relationship with Krishna. We are deaf because we, we don't know how to hear spiritual messages. We don't know how to distinguish between that which is for our actual benefit and that which isn't. And... Uh, we're worse than dumb in that we're always talking nonsense. However, we are by nature spiritual. Beneath all this uh, false identification with the mind and the body, our actual nature as servant of Krishna never dies. So one has to approach a guru when he has some inkling, it means a small idea that human life is not meant simply for sense gratification. Gurus and Vaishnavas, they teach in two ways, or their teaching is divided into two sections. General teaching, that is what we call preaching. Preaching to the general public is to, it's all meant to bring them to enroll in the Gurukul. That my dear brothers, you are blind, you are mad, you are foolish. Come and we'll make you a guru. General teaching is to wake people up to the fact that they need an education. In material life, everyone is always either convinced or trying to convince themselves that I'm alright, everything is alright. There's, no there's no real problem in the world. Of course, I just need another crore of rupees and then everything will be just some small problems but more or less everything's okay and the tsunami came and washed a few people away but anyway after a few days we'll forget that and get back to watching cricket and all these kind of 
things which make life so wonderful. So if we point out everything is not all right, you're going to die. You say, well, natural. Everyone dies. Enjoy yourself while you can. I had this experience once, traveling on a train. I saw one man was reading some book about Vedanta or something. So I started to speak to him, and within a few minutes, uh, I had everyone around me trying to shut me up. Why are you saying material life is miserable? Why are you so negative, pessimistic? You don't really, you don't know all these things. A man reading the book is saying, you see, well, this is our guru. We have to follow what he says. You study Vedanta, think yourself a big scholar, and live and act like an ass, and become an ass in the next life. So the, the Vaishnavas preach. Uh, that preaching is also divided into two categories. Prem Pracharan or Prashanda Dalan. Preaching love of Krishna and subduing the atheistic theories. Call people, tell them, yes, you have a better life. Come, love Krishna. Give people a prospect of a higher life, real life. But to bring people to the platform of Krishna Prem, the Pashanda Dalan, that clearing out all the misconceptions, rascaldoms, all that has to be done also. Because as is often seen, here in India especially, in the name of Krishna Prem, often this Pashanda Vichar or Rascal, atheistic, nonsense, demonism is coming in. That's worse. Manava Seva is Madhava Seva, for instance. Manava Seva is service to man is service to God. When persons who are deeply envious of Krishna, but who want to make a show to themselves and others of being very pious, when they hear this, they think this is very nice. And they say, you see, you're... You're doing service to God by chanting this Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. And we're doing service to God even better because we're serving man. When the Vaishnavas hear this, uh, their sense of service to Krishna becomes uh, very much prominent. And in their transcendental ecstasy of genuine service to Krishna, uh, they wish to... Uh, behave with persons who say things like this in certain manners, such as kicking them in the face, clubbing them on the head, cutting out their tongues, and so on. Anyone who does, upon hearing such atheism disguised as theism, does not uh, desire to take very strong action against it, is not a devotee. Better get this right, otherwise they're going to walk out here with all the wrong idea. You don't translate it properly, they're all going to walk out here saying, Man of a saver is Man of a saver. Then we'll have to kick them in the face. So a devotee, his only motive in preaching is to bring people to the platform of love of Krishna. This uh, Bhaktisiddhan Sasrakthako was famous as the Singha Guru, or just like a lion in his attacking all the bogus theories. So sometimes people considered him a jnani or something like this. He's just concerned with philosophy. Just concerned with philosophy. But he explained what is the actual purpose of his preaching. Hridaya balila keba dayata dase shiva gopi dhan kata kirtan He said, who can I, to whom can I reveal my heart? I who am the servant of the servant of Srimati Radharani. Uh, my service is to broadcast information of Sri Krishna, who is the wealth of the gopis. So, uh, what is the connection with his fierce preaching, smashing all the wrong ideas, becoming angry like fire regularly? and the love of Krishna for the gopis and the gopis for Krishna, which is, uh, that is called Madhurya Bhav, the uh, relation or, or the attitude of sweetness. So uh, what is the connection between that sweetness and the 
caustic chastisement because he is seeing that people are misled and misleading others and therefore cheated of their of their real necessity which is love of Krishna by presenting as substantial that which is not substantial that which is light the light in the sense of not heavy the uh, the so-called spiritual teachers are cheating people in the worst possible way so the Vaishnav must preach Krishna consciousness in a heavy way otherwise in the name of spiritual life people will just accept something else which is light insubstantial so the Vaishnav must point out that we are not meant to be superfluous we are meant to be deep and when a person accepts that yes I am light due to lack of knowledge then he must approach a guru for the sake of receiving that knowledge it's something like uh, if someone has to have an operation sometimes they have to have treatment before the operation because they're not they're not even fit already they're not they're so unhealthy that they're not fit enough to have an operation so they have to have prior treatment and then when they're fit enough for the operation then only they can be operated so we see the the cheating so-called gurus they go around giving initiation initiate everyone just come okay initiation initiation but there's no substance to such an initiation neither are the so-called gurus doctors nor do they have the proper medicine there can be no effect one has to go to a genuine doctor take the treatment doctors if the doctor says I take a pill it's the same pill I give to everybody and that's all you have to do that's all you can immediately know this person's not a doctor at all he must see what is the condition of each individual and in many cases he may say that all right you take this previous treatment come back after some time you're not ready for operating yet the one is fit for initiation when he's ready to take the specific guidance of the guru has to follow the instruction just like if someone this, this example is given of removing the cataract if someone comes to a cataract operation and say okay come at eight o'clock in the morning we'll give the operation you say well that's the time for my aerobic exercises you know what this aerobics is you jump up and down and shake your hand so if he says that well okay I'll have the operation but you have to do it at the same time I'm doing my aerobic exercises how can there be any operation so if we just want to jump around according to our own ideas and think that I, I, I also I'll accept a guru and then it's uh, the guru will say okay you have your aerobic exercises no operation one has to be uh, convinced that I need to follow the instruction whether I like it or not and the guru has to be convinced that this this person's ready for operating on and is uh, submissive enough to take the treatment tasmad gurum prapadye tajjnyasu shreya uttamam one has to be willing to surrender to the guru and ask about the topmost subject matter if one wants to go to the guru for getting blessings for improved health or better family life or removal of debts or any such thing uh, it is not the purpose of going to jignasu shreya uttamam that which is for our ultimate benefit we should inquire about you may say well i have so much debt so we can say don't worry within a hundred years time you won't have to worry about those debts i have a family problem don't worry it'll be solved definitely within a hundred years time this family problem will not exist because we'll be in a different situation but intrinsically our situation will remain the same that we are servants of Krishna so one should approach the guru so that in a hundred years time one is not concerned with debts body mind senses attachments and all these things but one is awakened to one's intrinsic position of service to Krishna the guru means who can transmit that uh, 
which is not quantifiable, not measurable. We can read in the book or someone can teach book knowledge. But that is, Guru teaches that, but also with that gives the life of Krishna Bhakti. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, Kiba Nyasi, Kiba, Kiba Vipra Kiba Nyasi, Shudra Kene Noi, Jai Krishna Tattva Vetu, Shri Guru Hoi. Whatever one's material status may be, if one knows Krishna Tattva, the science of Krishna consciousness, then he can be Guru. So again, knowledge of Krishna is on two platforms, superficial and real. One who is laghu or light or superficial can attend a university course on religious studies and say, yes, I studied, I studied about Krishna in my university course. I know about that. Or they may say, yes, I also read Bhagavad Gita. I know about Krishna. But one who is Krishna Tattva who knows about Krishna, will never say that I know about Krishna. Jananta eva jananta. Lord Brahma, who's the head of our Sampradaya, he said that some people may say, I know about Krishna. So if they want to think like that, let them think like that. But as far as I am concerned, I consider Krishna, he's speaking to Krishna, that neither by mental physical or verbal endeavors, is it possible in any way to think that I know Krishna? So what is the meaning? No one can know Krishna, but then what's the meaning of one who knows Krishna? How can he be Guru? It's not possible to know Krishna by any material means, but how can one then know Krishna Tattva? By spiritual means. As Brahma himself also says in the same series of prayers, Atapite Deva Padambuja Dvayam Prasadalesh Anugrahita Evahi Janati Tattvam Bhagavams Mahimno Janati Tattvam Bhagavams Mahimno. So let them listen. Nachanya Ekopi Chirang Vichinvan. That. Mm, if one gets a slight drop of the mercy of Krishna, then it is possible to understand Krishna. Otherwise, by any other kind of endeavor, it is not possible even in millions of lifetimes to understand Krishna. Krishna is not a, again, not a measurable object. We tied up Krishna, we put him in a box, we sealed the box and closed it. We know Krishna. Mapiyate iti maya. Maya means... That we want to measure everything. We have measured Krishna. We understand Krishna. When one understands that I cannot understand Krishna, then he can understand Krishna. He can begin to understand Krishna. Because understanding means standing under. If one thinks I will become equal to or greater than Krishna, one can never understand Krishna. But when one understands that I am extremely, totally insignificant in relationship with Krishna, and I'm totally dependent upon his mercy to understand anything about anything, then one attracts the mercy of Krishna by which one can understand Krishna. Tuchaman. When one understands that I am totally laghu, then he becomes qualified to receive the mercy of Krishna. Light. Not in the same sense of prakash, in the sense of abhari. When one receives the mercy of Krishna, then he becomes substantial, heavy. So one can become guru by understanding that intrinsically I am laghu, I am totally dependent upon Krishna. So guru doesn't mean simply a formal teacher, but one who carries the mercy of Krishna and uh, conveys that, or sanchar, how do you say that in English? He inspires, what's the word sanchar in English? Imbues imbues the the disciple with that uh, with the mercy of Krishna by which he can understand 
the knowledge of Krishna consciousness. So in this way, uh, every Vaishnava is a guru, but one who is actually an Acharya, then he is actually guru in the fullest sense of the term. So, uh, Akinchan Krishna Prabhu, if they don't want to listen, they can give them a little prasad now. Give them a little prasad. And we'll... A guru is non-different from Krishna in as much as carries the heaviness of Krishna. He can carry Krishna. All the universes are within Krishna. Guru can pick up Krishna and give. So how heavy is Guru? So to understand Guru Tattva is not a very easy thing. We've seen after the disappearance of Srila Prabhupada in our society, so many discussions on Guru Tattva. And uh, some people think they know. I, I, I know. But to understand Guru Tattva is... It's the same, it's, it's as uh, imperceptible, not imperceptible, but diff difficult to grasp uh, as that of Krishna Tattva, because Guru is non-different Krishna. Krishna is the Guru. Krishna is the Guru. Krishnam Vande Jagat Guru. Samashti Guru. guru Krishna is the Guru of everyone. And uh, Guru acts on his behalf. So to understand Guru Tattva, not very easy. So when Prabhupada was present, we thought it was very easy because Guru Tattva we saw is Prabhupada, Guru. Very simple to understand. And as Prabhupada explained elaborately in the famous speech on the Vyasa Puja day, that there is Guru is one only. Guru is one only. Guru is one means one Tattva. Although he may appear in many forms. So we can perfectly understand what is Guru by uh, studying the life of those who are Acharyas in the fullest sense of the term, as Prabhupada uses in one of his purpose, this phrase. Just like once, um, Siddhanta Saraswati, before he took sannyas, his guru, Gorki Shodas Babaji Maharaj, was still present in this world at that time. And he was called to give a lecture in Navadip town. So he spoke on the characteristics of Kanishta Adhikari, Madhya Madhikari and Uttamadhikari. So he spoke elaborately on the characteristics of Kanishta Adhikari and of uh, Madhya Madhikari. And then he said, what shall I speak about Uttamadhikari? There is no need to speak anything. Living here in Navadip is my Guru Dev. You can go and see him. <laughs> Just by seeing him, you can understand what are the characteristics of Uttamadhikari. And um, at the end, uh, he explained that just somehow he thought to turn his head to the side, which he hadn't done throughout the whole lecture. And he saw Srila Gorki Shodas Babaji Maharaj, his Guru Dev, who had been sitting throughout the lecture, leaving as soon as there was some glorification of him. So by studying the characteristics of the, of the Gurus, so many Gurus, Guru is one, there are so many Gurus, we can begin to understand what is the meaning of Guru, how deep is Guru, Guru is not some farcical stage performer as we see in the modern age. They come on stage and tell a few jokes and everyone shouts and faints. Persons who are more light than even the lighter than those, everyone is light, but those who are the lightest of all in the modern age, they're being called Guru. But if one actually wants to come to a Guru, we should see how deep is Guru? How substantial is Guru? How heavy is Guru? If we want light, we'll get light. <laughs> Not talking about the light switch, we're talking about lightness, superficiality. So Guru, he teaches by his own behavior, but we have to see that what, what is the motivation? Guru's only motivation is that he has knowledge and experience of Krishna and must, as a result of that, he must attempt to communicate that to others. So it's a very deep subject, substantial subject. It's not a light subject. You should not take it lightly. Oh, which guru shall I have? And, oh, this one or that one. Uh, I like the way this one sings nicely or this one dresses nicely or... This one smiles nicely. So this is all light. There's nothing to do with Guru. 
if we remain light, then we may go through the uh, show of accepting a guru, but we will remain light. So really to accept guru means to become guru. We have to become uh, heavy enough that we don't just wander here and there, that we remain fixed. So is there any question? Yeah, it's said that one should observe the guru before taking initiation to see if he is actually qualified. But in the neophyte stage, we are not qualified to see who is qualified and who isn't. Well, Prabhupada gave the example that uh, you should have at least some preliminary knowledge. Uh, what is the difference between a carrot and a washing machine? If you go to the grocers, to, to the bazaar where they are selling carrots and say, please give me a washing machine, the request displays a, an extraordinary amount of foolishness. So one should have at least some preliminary knowledge. One should, uh, one should have some idea of what one wants to become. Going to Guru means, please make me like you. So if you want to be a rascal, then you'll go to a rascal and think this is Guru. But one should see at least that the person who is going to be Guru should have some uh, higher standard of life, better standard of life that by behavior we can understand is fully dedicated to the cause of Krishna, if that's what we want. Uh, a lot may go on recommendation also. Oh, I, you tell somebody, I want to buy a washing machine. Go to that shop, it's good. They won't cheat you. So recommendation may be there also. Ultimately, that sincerity will help. Krishna is in our heart and sees what we want. If we want to be cheated, Krishna will arrange. Which cheated do you want? There are so many. You want to be cheated this way or that way or the other way? Which hell do you want to go to? Rorav, Maharaj, this one will take you there, this one will take you there. All paths lead to the same goal. But if we're sincere then, Brahmanda, Brahmite, Kono, Bhagyavanji, Guru Krishna Prasade Pai Bhakti Lata Bij, one who is fortunate, fortunate enough means not a lottery, but he's fortunate enough to have uh, awakened that much sincerity that Krishna will direct him to the person who will direct him to Krishna. So from the beginning a lot depends on association. Krishna bhakti mool hoy sadhu sangha. The very root of bhakti is association with devotees. Krishna bhakti janmai teho puna mukya anga. And even when one is awakened to Krishna consciousness, still uh, association is the most important principle. So one has to see that you can also see that uh, what is the you can ask other people who have bought washing machines also. <laughs> what is their experience? So that also you have to you can see by the disciple what is the what are they getting? What is the result of going to this place? Hare Krishna. I'll finish now because uh, other questions you can ask tomorrow. We'll have a class again tomorrow. These press people have come. I'm supposed to speak to them. Hare Krishna. Srila Prabhupada Kijai, Srimad Bhagavatam Kijai.